are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today is Monday, February 7th, 2022. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E. GNZLZ and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that if you are interested. Now, on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, it is Mailbag Monday. You submitted about 12 questions, I believe, to us via email and on Twitter. We're going to get to as many of those as we can on today's show over the next 30 or so minutes. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So let's start with the two questions that we got in our email at LockdownMariners at gmail.com. First one comes from Cole, uh, who, oh, that's actually a Fan Fiction Friday thing. So we're going to save that one till till Friday. And we're going to go to Jay Qua. So we actually only had one question via email and uh, this again this comes from Jay Qua who asks when the lockout ends I think free agent signings will be quick and crazy my question is if the Mariners miss out on signing Trevor Story and Chris Bryant who do you see them signing slash trading for and or will they wait until the trade deadline to make a move thanks again have a good day Jay Qua thank you Jay Qua for your question so Colby you know what's kind of the the Mariners fallback plan here if you know, kind of, it kind of seems like most of their chips, if not all of them, are, are being kind of pushed into the story Bryant market. Say Suzuki is also, you know, someone that they've been involved in. Um, they've been involved in the trade market, of course. We we heard about them being in on, on Sonny Gray. We heard about them, uh, you know, potentially being interested in just any of the A's pitchers, any of the Reds pitchers. But, you know, if they don't get, one of these two big fish that they're going after. I mean, it kind of what, where do they go from or where do they go to from there? Yeah, they're going to have to pivot um, because they need to add at least one really uh, good bat. Uh, mm-hmm. And so in the infield, that doesn't really exist after those two, at least not in free agency. Carlos Correa is not going to happen. Stop even thinking about it. Um, neither <laughs> is Freddie Freeman. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty much those two or you're going to have to pivot. And so you head to the outfield. We've talked about him a lot, but Michael Conforto still makes a ton of sense for this team. Say a Suzuki yep. also, but a little bit less than Conforto even, mm-hmm. um, but those are two ways they could go. They could also, uh, head to the trade market and they could look at maybe trading for an infielder who is, has some question marks like Matt Chapman is the guy that they we know that they have interest in. Um, Eugenio Suarez is an interesting name that, uh, that I would keep an eye on from the Reds as well. Um, and, and, you know, don't rule out the, the possibility that they go and they sign, say, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan VR, and, uh, they kind of mm-hmm. platoon him and Toro and, and Frazier and kind of rotate those guys around, um, and then go out at the deadline and, and add, but, uh, they're not going to wait around for the deadline to add bats. It's just the big impact bat might not be available to them until 
the deadline. Uh, but they are going to go add quality bats, probably multiple, uh, even if they miss out on Story and Bryant. They're they're going to find a way to to uh, add to this offense. They have to. So on the flip side of that, Hunter at Hunter Porton on Twitter asks, you know, assuming the Mariners add one of Story slash Bryant, another outfielder like, say, a Suzuki and someone like Sonny Gray, who would you like to see them add at the deadline if they are contending for a playoff spot? Uh, specific names, they're going to have to wait until, you know, June, July, when we can identify weaknesses and, and areas that need improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't, you know, sit here and say, well, because they added say a Suzuki, it means they won't need an outfielder. Well, what if Suzuki's bad? What if Lewis gets her? Yeah. What if Kelnick is bad? Like they might need outfielders. So we can't sit here and give you specific names of who they should go out and trade for. But if they're in it in July and, and, you know, it looks like they have a real shot to break this, this playoff drought. Um, mm-hmm. they need to be aggressive. Uh, that means yeah. going after rentals. If that's the best you can get, it, it doesn't mean necessarily yeah. you have to trade for a star, but, you know, you can't be afraid to give a, you know, a, a top 20 ish prospect for Adam Duvall. Like you can't be afraid to take those type of risk. Um, kind of like they were on yeah. Tyler Anderson where they, maybe they gave a little bit more than you would like for a guy like Anderson for a few months, but it, you just had to do it cause you needed it. And, uh, only obviously it would be on a larger scale than, uh, Carter Benz. Right. Yeah. You, you need to get help any way you can. Yep. So, um, you know, at that point, there really is there really is no other option. Um, so, but yeah, if you know the the thing here is though, like more than any other team, you have the bullets to go get pretty much anything within reason, right? You are in a better position than than pretty much every other team, considering where you know how your farm system is viewed to to go out and get anyone who is reasonably available. Um, so, yeah. So if I'm the Mariners, especially with the payroll that I have freed up and everything, I I'm being very aggressive in terms of who I uh, who I'm looking to potentially add. But um, yeah, like Ramirez is the big fish in, in that example, and then you know there's obviously going to be things you know around the uh, the edges of the roster as well, kind of like how the Braves just did, where they they patched together the outfield and look how you know much that benefited them getting guys like Eddie Rosario uh, Rosario and Adam Duvall, like those things at the time, those acquisitions at the time didn't seem like huge deals, but they ended up being a big piece of, of winning a world series. So even moves like that can significantly uh, shift the needle for you, but you have to have, you know, pieces, you know, other pieces in place as well, which the Braves had, which the Mariners maybe have, but it, it depends. We'll have to see. So, uh, let's, uh, let's go here to Tyler Cartwright at Ty Cart 50. Who on the Mariners roster do you think has a greater than 50% chance to make the Mariners hall of fame? Mm. Yeah, it's kind of tough because obviously there's criteria they have to hit. They have to have played for the team for five years. Um, yeah. they're going to have to have been pretty good over five, over those five years minimum. Um, and typically it takes longer than five years. I can't think of any Mariner who only played for the team for five years and is in the Hall of Fame. And we're talking about Randy Johnson, Dan Wilson, Edgar Martinez, Griffey, Buner, um, you know, Niehaus, Pinella, like those are those are basically lifers. Um 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's a little bit tough. And obviously Seager's not on this roster. Julio Rodriguez isn't on this roster yet. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a difficult, you know, uh, difficult question to answer with better than 50% chance of making it. Um, yeah. I mean, it seems like the easy answer is Marco, but yeah, I was going to say Marco or Ty France or Jared Kelnick, but you don't think JP has any shot. I mean, maybe JP as well. Yeah, that's that's good. JP point. is kind of uh, like the Dan Wilson where like his numbers probably aren't going to be like mm-hmm. worthy of being a team Hall of Famer. But like he's such an important part of your history and right. he's kind of like this team leader type of guy. You know, I, I think JP could yeah. get in that. There's way. also Logan Gilbert potentially. Right. Um, um, I just I don't think any of those guys though would I I could definitively say right now have a greater than half a chance you know fifty percent chance to make the Hall of Fame right now like you know, the Mariners Hall of Fame. Um. Yeah, I think there's just so much like wait and see still. I think Marco is kind of the guy that's furthest along. JP is kind of second there, but he's still like even with JP, he's kind of just now coming into his own. So. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think really there's anyone that has a greater than 50% chance right now. Yeah. I think if I had to pick somebody, I would probably pick JP Crawford. I don't know. I just kind of feel like he's the guy who's most likely to stick around long enough to kind of build that that cult following that you kind of need to get into the Mariners hall of fame. So yeah, I would say JP, like, I don't know. I could see Kelnick leaving on like bad terms and that, that sours him like kind of like a rod, which by the way, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. A rod's not in the Mariner hall of fame. Also ridiculous. Mike yep. Cameron is not in the Mariner hall of fame. So yep. yeah, we could do a whole segment about that, but uh, yeah, I'll say JP to answer the question, but I really don't see anybody mm-hmm. right now who I would say is more likely than not going to be a Mariners hall of famer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, Daniel here has a question. Uh, do you guys know of any good protein bar that could help me lose weight after the holiday season? Maybe something that could replace my stashes of candy with. Well, Daniel, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but, you know, not this year. I'm, I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. And it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually, you know, I enjoy eating them. Have you ever tried the uh, the puffs, Daniel? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best built bars out there. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many amazing flavors to choose from. There's mint brownie, there's coconut, coconut almond. And new for this month, they have white chocolate cookies and cream. That Now, that sounds pretty good. I'm a, I'm a pretty big sucker for cookies and cream stuff. And... If you want to give it a try or give any of those other flavors a try, go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order, Daniel. 
So enjoy. I'll tell you something else, Daniel. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. This is Locked On Mariners, and thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. We greatly appreciate your support. And just a reminder. It's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are also in L.A. all week long covering Super Bowl 56, so be sure to check them out if you're interested in this week's coverage of this week's game. Colby, who do you got in this one? Um, I want to take the Bengals, but... I it, that offensive line is so bad, and, and the Rams' defensive line is so good. Um, yeah. It's that's typically where these things are won. So I feel like you know, logically, I should take the Rams, but emotionally, I'm I'm Houday all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I'm a big Joe Burr guy, so um, I'm I'm going Bengals, even though. It's probably going to be the Rams, which, eh, you know, as a Seattle sports fan is uh, not the best outcome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just uh, that Rams team, it was really good. Matt, Matt Stafford's playing great ball right now. And mm-hmm. uh, but hey, you know, I've, I've I've doubted the Bengals the last two weeks. I've picked against them the last two weeks and they have proven me wrong. So uh, here's to them doing that once again. And uh, if any team is capable of it, capable of that, it's certainly them. They uh, they are incredibly talented. So let's uh, let's get back to these questions that you guys submitted today. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to Mariner Source at Mariners underscore Source, who said or who asked which under the radar Mariners prospect has the best chance to be a star under the radar Mariners prospect Ooh, star. Um, Two subjective star. terms. <laughs> um yeah that's also prospect so no is kind of a like subjective in the term top so so no one that's in like the top seven or eight right sure. so i mean does it have to be somebody who still has prospect status yes oh sorry taylor he's um he, he said he said prospect so uh i'll go i mean taylor trammell is basically a prospect uh yeah, I'll go Alberto Rodriguez. You would. I loved Alberto like, Rodriguez. I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe Lazaro Montes. Is he considered under the radar? I mean, he's so new, but 
I think he's a little overrated by Mariner fans, actually. Like when like when the casual Mariner fan does their prospect ranks, they're like Montez sure. ten, and you're like, yeah. before no, he's, he's ever like played 20-ish. a pro game, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I guess I. I guess I would probably pick uh, Gabriel Gonzalez. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Yeah, just so much bat speed, and I really think he's going to hit. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go Gabriel Gonzalez. Um, I think he's a good blend of under-the-radar and also major upside. Uh, I, w- I would throw Sam Carlson on there too, but I don't know if he's considered under-the-radar since, you know, I mean, maybe fans have forgotten about him a little bit, but uh, yeah. Col- Colby, the the answer is Will Fleming, obviously. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going Gabriel Gonzalez. You know. <laughs> I I am going to uh, to drive that hype train all all year long. The Will Fleming hype train. I'll have to Assuming learn who that he, he doesn't get traded. Yeah. Well, you better learn. Better get acquainted because uh, it's pretty good. Uh, Peter Steely Dan at I Bash My Bros uh, asks uh, Ben Gamble or Taylor Motter. That's uh, that's too difficult a question for me to answer, man. This is uh, I'm sorry. It's like picking between my kids. Sorry, did you not see his follow up tweet? Oh, as in which one would you rather have on your team? Colby can't say neither, and who has the better hair? So look at that. I'm about to make a definitive statement, and Ty is the one who's basically saying neither. Maybe don't be so quick to judge, Peter Steely Dan. Um, I would. I, the answer is look, Ben Gamble. Man, it's, you would rather have about, Ben Gamble on your team than Taylor Motter. We're talking right about now. just pure vibes, right? We're not. We are though. We aren't. The PF Flyers, right? The 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 modern pops, right? So if we're if, you know we're we're talking about you know some some power that he can Ty, tap you're into not gonna, every now and you're then. not going to outdo my love for the month that Taylor Motter was great, and I will tell my grandchildren about modern pops. But exactly. who would I rather have on this team right now? It's Ben Gamble. It's not close. He didn't say. No, he didn't say who. Who would you rather have on the Mariners on the 2022 Mariners? He just said on your team. So, me personally, I'm going Taylor Motter. If I'm just building like a you know a a, a rec league team or whatever, I'm putting Taylor Motter on there. Pure vibes all okay. around. I'll still take the better baseball player to be on a rec league team, which has been Gamble. <laughs> and uh, by the way, you want to talk about vibes? You clearly are not familiar with the picture of Ben Gamble in the sleeveless jersey. No. No, the sleeveless jersey. Obviously, that, that is wins. also vibes. Best hair. That's vibes. Best hair goes to Taylor Motter. Uh, everything else is Ben Gamble, and it's not close. Hmm. Best hair, though. I don't know. I feel like I disagree with you on the best hair as well. Because like, you're a moron. Every time Gamble would make a would make a catch, right? He would take off his hat, or like his hat would fly off, and he'd do the hair flip. He'd like make a diving grab and do the hair flip. Taylor Motter would like, do the hair flip. With Robinson Cano with, uh, every time they hit a home true. run. So, yeah. Like, that's true, too. Get out of here. You're a moron. Next question. <laughs> so aggressive. Next question. There is a uh, blank percent chance that Ty France becomes the next Edgar Martinez. Zero. In the dingo. Um, negative 69. 
the answer is zero. I mean, come on. Yeah. You want us to compare Ty France to like one of the top 25 right-handed hitters of all time? Get out of here, man. Zero percent. I mean, technically Ty France also is in that category. No, he is not. He is. See, now you're just trolling. So, sorry, Daisy. Nat Lang. Nat Lang 34. Feels like you say Kikuchi disappeared from Mariners Twitter discourse. Knowing he's not playing for the Mariners next year, what do you think his next team can expect this season? You sure he's um, not playing for the Mariners next year? He's he's not going to be playing for the Mariners. Eh, next year. I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Just the way things that ended, I, I do not see a reunion in his future. I think he's going to end up in Minnesota or Toronto, if we're speaking seriously on the subject, actually. Yeah, I, you know, I think what they can expect is a guy that has a ton of upside, just hasn't really been able to put together, you know, uh, any sort of uh, consistent run aside from the first half of last year. Uh, last year was really the first real season for him, and even that had some some caveats right he was in a six-man rotation and when it went to the five-man rotation it, it clearly had a negative impact on him um so you know it's just giving some consistency in his life as well might it might bring out some consistency from him as well so we'll we'll see how that goes but uh we got a few more questions to go over in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of lockdown mariners is brought to you by betonline.net Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Colby, we got four more questions to go over here, starting with Daisy and the Dingo, who asks, what situations would you like to see the Mariners utilize Dylan Moore this year, and how many at-bats would you like to see him receive? He's been an above-average bat against lefties in his career, and he has a positive DRS at every position he's played besides shortstop. So for me personally, I think the the best role that Dylan Moore could be in at the start of this year, if he does make the roster, is uh is kind of just you know defensive replacement um you know base runner etc uh you know pinch runner um and and that's and that's kind of it and then he you know maybe starts you know once maybe twice a week um but overall just with the the swing and miss in his in his in his bat um i just i don't feel comfortable uh you know starting him more often than that but i think there is some value that he brings like you mentioned um, defensively and uh, and as a base runner, I mean he he was their uh, best base stealer last year. So, yeah, in the, in that sense, um, I think that that works for him. I think there is a spot for him on this roster. I just uh, anything beyond that is troublesome for me. Yeah, I think for me, ideally, he's in AAA as like your twenty eighth man. Um, yeah, but uh, I think we can understand that he's probably going to make the major opening day roster. Um, whenever that may be. And uh, yeah, he can do some things. He, he does have some pretty good power. He does steal some bases, good defender. So not the worst thing in the world to have him as the 26 guy, but I think ideally, you know, like Ty said, it's mostly defense and base running. And then maybe you play a couple matchups here and there against, you know, lefties that are favorable to him. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then he's kind of like, hey, who needs a day off? Okay, well, there you go. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the most at-bats you would want to see Dylan Moore have this year, assuming that he's not like randomly, he, he doesn't randomly turn into the 2020 Dylan Moore. Um, I think the most at-bats you'd want to see him get is probably what, 300 at most? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's probably the best way to use And even that might be pushing it, honestly. Oh, especially if he is what he was last year or 2019. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's straight up just what he was last year, I mean, you, he shouldn't be on the major league roster, right? Frankly, not all year. If you're no. trying to compete for you know wild card and more, yeah, mm-hmm. no. That's why you know I keep on pitching Jonathan VR, just you know a utility I, guy. I had to fill your quota today on the Jonathan VR. Just front. a utility guy who can hit a little bit. That's all I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. All right, Ben Lucan asks, uh, which current Mariners player uh, do you think could have an unexpected impact? next year mm, probably dylan moore honestly it's a good one yeah uh taylor trammell yeah it's another good one yeah, yeah i think there's quite a few guys that kind of fit that bill honestly tom murphy yep might be another one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i mean some people that are low on on abraham toro there's some yeah. people that are low on, on kelnick. jared kelnick yeah um yeah so yeah. kyle raleigh Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marco. Yeah. Yeah. Marco's a good one too. Yeah. I just, I feel like a lot of people buy into what happened last year a little too much going both ways, mm-hmm. like expecting like, you're like, Oh, well the Mariners bullpen is going to be great. Cause it was last year. <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, I, I'd say probably Taylor Trammell. There's just, there's a good baseball player in there. It's just a matter of winning when it shows up, hopefully this year, yeah. but we'll see. All right. Uh, Ilya. As uh, would Roman Loriano uh, be a sneaky center field option, and how much would he cost? Yeah, we've talked about him a little bit. Um, you know, kind of in a, in a similar way to the question that was asked is like, is this a guy that maybe we should be looking at a little bit? Um, doesn't make sense for Oakland to trade him. Uh, the answer is yes, but. Probably not, if that makes sense. I mean, well, another thing that we have to consider here is the fact that he's going to be out for the first month of the season, right? Uh, serving his suspension mm-hmm. that carries over from last year into this year. So, and, and that's going to, and that's kind of a big deal, right? Especially if you're thinking that you're more so going to be involved in the wild card race than, than the division race. Cause at that point, it, it all, you know, every game matters. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, the, that first month that you're without him. That could be a problem. Um, you know, what what is your plan there in the outfield with without him? And there's also no guarantee that when he comes back, he's going to be good. Right? Like I Yeah. I don't I, think that's really, you know, going out there on a limb saying that. Like the guy's been away from baseball for a while. He's also seen some declines in his defense. I know a lot of people, you know, they look at the throw that he made in Anaheim and, and some of the other plays that he's made and they think that he's like yeah, he's they think that he's an elite outfielder, but he really isn't. You look at his metrics, you look at, you know, where baseball savant places him and um an outfielder jump and and um and and now it's above average. Like he's not that good. I would say so, he's roughly as good at, at best as Kyle Lewis. Um he's he's fast and he does have he might be the best arm in baseball. 
Um, but he gets good jumps. He just doesn't, you know, make a lot of plays that you would think he would based on his skill set. Uh, yeah. Now, it's it's funny because you, you look at in 2020, he was 86 percentile and outs above average. But in 2019, mm-hmm. he was 12th percentile. And this last year, he was 22nd percentile. So you can kind of start to see the the outlier there. Um, again, he's not yeah. a bad center fielder. And I think he, I think the Mariners would be better with Loriano on the team. But I agree. Caught, like the bat is it's a little bit overrated. It's, it's not what it was in year one and two. Um, you know, he's, he's probably league average batting average, slightly below league average on base. And, and he's going to hit for some power. He's a good player. Probably 20 home runs, 25 home runs, 15 steals, average-ish center field defense, strong arm. Wish he was a left-handed hitter, but can't do anything about that. Uh, it's only 27. Uh, so, yeah, yes, Ramon Laureano in a vacuum makes sense for the Mariners. Would the A's trade him? Maybe. I mean. Maybe. They're definitely. We'll have to see, right? Like yeah, they, They're definitely. They're such a me. weird team. They're such a weird team. Right? They are. With, with, and, you know, technically still, they haven't, they haven't traded Olsen. They haven't traded Chapman. Right. They haven't, you know, traded really any of their guys yet. So we don't really know what their whole plan is um, now. And, and maybe things have changed a little bit since the lockout. You know, now they have a coaching staff in place and all this. I would assume that given how cheap they, they historically have been, that they're, they are going to trade those guys. But I don't know. Loriano could stay if they want him to. Yeah, they, they're not forced to hold on to him. No, he's only going to make. They're they're not being forced to to get rid of him. Rather, yeah, he's only going to make a couple million dollars this year. Arb one, so you get three years of club control yeah. with him. He's going to be pricey, um, you know, just based on what the A's are apparently asking for for uh, Matt Chapman, for Laureano, they might want something like Brandon Williamson, and I just it's a it's yeah. a no for me at that that's point. A, that's that's a hard no yeah, for if me I, as well. If I could get Williamson or sorry, if I could get Loriano for bulk, like if I could get him for like Phillips, uh Alberto Rodriguez, you know, Will Fleming. That that's uh, still that's still a lot, you know. It is like, it is, but like it's I think it's the realistic best deal you can get. So at that point, yeah. you should probably look elsewhere. But yeah, we have talked about Loriano a little bit, and he is an interesting fit, and it's probably somebody that um, deserves a further dive than mm-hmm. we've given it. But we have talked about him here and there as kind of a hey, yeah. you know, like what if? And there, there is some mm-hmm. some merit to that thought. It's it's definitely just like you can't just dismiss it immediately. You definitely have to think about it. Sure. Yeah, it's obviously something that you have to uh, consider to consider, especially when these center field options are so light. Uh, right now but uh yeah you know it's just it's probably too expensive for for the benefit that it's, that it's going to give you I, I just i don't know if that's going to outweigh the other um in, in the way that maybe you think um but it, it's certainly an interesting option and I, I i'm sure that's something that the mariners have explored I, i'm sure they've had plenty of trade talks with the a's over the last uh, few months you know leading up to the lockout but we'll see um so mariners watch this is our final question of the day what would someone like Sonny Gray do to the uh, Mariners' performance? I mean, it would help. Yeah, it helps. It it lengthens that that rotation. Um, you know, it just it makes your rotation better. Um, it it takes, you know, pressure. You know, it takes 
more pressure off of the likes of uh, George Kirby and Brandon Williamson to perform if they, you know, if they get called up, which they will eventually, like things are going to happen that, that allow for them to, uh, to make starts and, and throw innings at the major league level this year. Uh, same with Matt Brosh, but, uh, but you're not having to rely on those guys to perform, to get to where you want to go. Um, and so, I mean, Sonny Gray is at least equally as valuable as, as Marco Gonzalez, if not better. Um, and I would say he's probably better. Um, so the fact that you add him on top of Robbie Ray, who is by far your best pitcher, and you have some uh, potential, you know, for for upside with um, with Logan Gilbert, like you're, you, he could, you know, easily blow up this year. I mean, you might have three pitchers, maybe even four, with Chris Flexen, depending on how he responds, who are better than Marco Gonzalez in your rotation. And that's that's a really good thing. That's not to discredit Marco, by the way, but that more so puts Marco where he should be in a good rotation. And that's like four or five where he's not the guy anymore. And he's not even the second guy and he's not even the third guy. And so that's kind of what that all does. It just makes your rotation better. It makes the quality of, of your rotation that much better. Um, and it gives you, you know, more potential for strikeouts, right? Like mm-hmm. Sonny Gray averaged, averaged a little over 10 strikeouts per nine last year. Like yep. um, that's, yeah, like he's legitimately a really good pitcher, and so um, yeah, if, you know who's also really used to to, to pitching in the AL West, and so mm-hmm. that helps with the familiarity of that. And uh, yeah, overall, like that just there's a ton of benefits to to adding him, and I really hope that they do. Yeah, basically, you add him to the middle of your rotation, and your four or five are Marco and and either Flexen or Gilbert, depending on how they line it up. Yeah. And if you're lining up Marco Gonzalez against an average team's number four, you're going to have the advantage in that matchup often. Yeah. Same goes for flexing against your average five or, or Gilbert against your average five. So, uh, just it makes you know, it makes the uh, the rotation longer. Probably adds a couple wins mm-hmm. to your win total. And uh, like Ty said, it takes a lot of pressure off of Matt Brash and and uh, George Kirby from having to come up and, and perform right away. Um, mm-hmm. and it also makes it easier to manage their innings because you don't have to have them at the big league level. You can just keep them down in AAA a little bit longer where you can schedule three inning starts and not have to worry yeah. about what it does to the Rainier's chances of winning that night. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us here on locked on Mariners for Colby Patnode. I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez as D A N E G N Z L Z and Colby at C pat 11. That's C P A T one one. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.